Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. One of the most potent weapons in the arsenal of faith and freedom is laughter. The enemies of life and liberty, of beauty and goodness, of truth and purity are quite adept at refuting our arguments and disputing our facts, gaslighting our lamentations and deflecting our frustrations, but they are helpless against our guffaws. They relish our ire, but they are incensed by our humor. Think of how God responds to the rulers who take counsel together to tear free of the Lord's fetters and cords. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord mocks them, Psalm 2 tells us. Or think of the outrage of woke progressive fundamentalists to the gentle jibings of the Babylon Bee or Blog and Mayblog. This is why across the century, some of the most important voices of dissent in exposing the reigning follies and sacred cows in Western culture have wielded the serrated sword of satire with aplomb. With Gulliver's Travels, A Modest Proposal, and Rasselas, Jonathan Swift and Samuel Johnson skewered the elitist humbug of the 18th century. With Vanity Fair, Barry Lyndon and Sarto Resartus, William Thackeray and Thomas Carlyle toppled the idols of the 19th century. A treasure trove of satirists stood four square astride the madness of the 20th century. G.K. Chesterton merrily parried heterodoxy with heretics and the club of queer trades. H.L. Mencken cackled at the quacks and coney catchers crowding at the public trough in Washington with Crestomathy and Simplifexicon, and P.G. Wodehouse sniggered at the sozzled pretenses of the privileged with Wooster and Jeeves. In the days just past, P.J. O'Rourke laid bare the brazen political puckishness and cultural canoodling with Parliament of Whores and Holidays in Hell, but the greatest satirist of these latter days of fractious tomfoolery has arguably been Tom Wolfe. His trenchant essays, Uh, What Hunter Thompson called gonzo journalism turned the hypocrisies, duplicities, and illogic of the terminally gauche 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and zilches on their respective ears. 
He gained wealth and fame from the books and films, the right stuff and bonfire of the vanities, but it was his From Bauhaus to Our House that reminded us of the travesty of modern ugly-as-sin architecture. It was his radical chic and mow-mowing the flack catchers that exposed the Ponzi scam of celebrity-driven radical racial politics. It was his electric Kool-Aid acid test that disclosed the mud-puddled depth of the sex, drugs, and rock and roll hippie movement. And it was his kingdom of speech that stripped away all the sacrosanct superstitions and authoritarian whoopings of dogmatic Darwinism. In other words, he gleefully poked between the bars of the caged woke progressive fundamentalists at every opportunity. Wolf unleashed his jolly critiques with a flourish of rhetorical fireworks and what the New York Times called an electric style and an acid pen. His novelistic approach was marked by the use of technicolor, wildly punctuated prose. Most of all, his sophisticated writing was chock-a-block with jesting, giggling, taunting, jeering, scoffing, hooting, and snorting. And it left all the adversaries of men's souls that he bayoneted utterly agog with affected outrage. Not surprisingly, he was roundly accused of substituting rigor with flash and relying too heavily on the fictional elements to tell a true story. Indeed, he was accused of peddling fake news long before fake news had gained common currency on the social media platforms of our day. His ideas were bogus, they said. His information was largely misinformation, they said. His facts were often non-facts, they said. One critic in the early 60s even predicted that Wolf would not be read with pleasure or at all years from now and perhaps not even next year. Of course, that is not only proven to be a false prophecy, Wolf is widely heralded and remains a bestseller, it is proven to be a false premise. The course of cultural degeneration and the disintegration that Wolf lamentably documented has been realized beyond even the wildest prognostications. In one of his final interviews prior to his death in 2018, Wolf addressed the pernicious specter of real fake news in our day. He said, Marshall McLuhan made a prediction in 1968 and it was the wackiest thing I'd ever heard at the time, but it turned out to be true. He said that the new generation, people in their 20s, had been raised on television, and it had changed the neural order of their perceptions. It turned them tribal. I'm not surprised that this great moment of fake news has arrived, which I think is a laugh and a half. Had he lived, he surely would have served up 
a suitable literary tribunal in which to laugh off the stage the Me Too LGBTQ plus BLMCRT Jane's Revenge Woke Manifest Defund the Cops Sudden Onset Gender Dysphoria Tweet Clout and Insta Rage Ethos of the Woke Progressive Fundamentalists. Gladness and joy are the peculiar provinces of Christian believers in the midst of this poor fallen world. Laughter is our great caveat to sinful pretense. The righteous shall be glad. They shall be jubilant with joy, Psalm 68. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy, Psalm 126. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice, Philippians 4. Though the world is filled with dangers, toils, and snares, Jeremiah 18, and in tandem with the flesh and the devil, it makes war on the saints, John 15, we yet have an abounding hope. Thankfully, Christ overcame the world, John 16, and then chose us out of the world, John 15. The reason we can maintain this seemingly paradoxical state of affairs, enmity with the world on the one hand and gladness before it on the other, is simply that though the world is in the power of the evil one, 1 John 5, and knows not God, neither the children of God, 1 Corinthians 1, God is in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus is the light of the world, John 1. He's the savior of the world, John 4. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John 1. Through Christ, all things are reconciled to the Father, Colossians 1, so that finally the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, Revelation 11. To be sure, the toxic cocktail of bizarre woke bromides, brash left-wing elixirs, and brazen progressive monkey shines of the established and tenured elite in our woe-begotten day warrant a hearty guffawing retort. But for want of a wolf, from whence shall it come? May God raise up in our days sons of Issachar. May God raise up yet another wolf for both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net.